This is Hey Beautiful, the podcast where we binge and recap every episode of How I Met Your Mother, one week at a time. So suit up, grab a sandwich, and settle in. Welcome to the 19th episode of Hey Beautiful. Um, If you don't know who we are, if this is the first time you're listening, welcome. Uh, Yay. Yay! I'm Caitlin. I'm Kate. And every week we watch an episode of How I Met Your Mother and talk about it. Yes. I talk a lot of shit about it, but Kate has some really insightful comments. Hey, man, both are so important, especially 12 years later. There's tons of stuff to talk shit about, especially in this episode. Absolutely. Problematic AF. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. That's why we're here. Yeah, we'll get there. I just wanted to, before we get into the episode, talk about what an awesome time we had on Twitter this week. Uh, Last week, we reviewed Nothing Good Happens After 2 a.m., so I didn't even have to ask people what their favorite piece of advice was from their parents. People just started sharing theirs after listening. That's pretty cool. It was so cool to see the tidbits of wisdom that people carry through their lives from their parents. It was very heartfelt, cool 24 hours of reading mm-hmm. people's people's best advice. You learned a lot about our listeners and yeah. their parents and where they come from. So, And there were some really sweet ones. So you can go back on Twitter and, and look through those. Speaking of which, you can follow us on Twitter at HeyBeautifulPod. Same thing on Facebook. And also, we got another iTunes review. Woohoo! Yay! Yay! So this one comes from Ronnie. And it says, love y'all as a subject. Mm -hmm. Five stars. Thank you. This podcast makes me want to binge the whole series for the 10 millionth time, LOL. Oh, we we hear you, Ronnie. Yes, we do. By the way, it's okay. Y'all can be wrong. All 10 of us forgive you. (laughs) No, I refuse. And if if you haven't listened to our past episodes, this is about the fact that I was wrong about something. We both were wrong about something. Yeah. Having to do with Marshall's ringtone, so see you, you know we sh- we should have went back and listened. That's all it would have taken. Just look at the facts one more time. Yeah. Damn it. Such hubris. So <laughs> we were wrong and, and humiliated, but humiliated for sure. Ronnie is so comforting. So thank you, Ronnie. And they said, "I would love to hear a four-way episode with your spouses." Dope idea. Ooh. Yeah. What do you think about that, Caitlin? I'm into it. I have to I have to see if Liz is into it, but she's been on a couple of episodes, so I think that she'll be okay. I don't know that, that Chris idea. I think Chris would just be quiet and like laugh at me a lot. That's okay. Yeah, that's like his default. He just laughs at me all the time, which is why I love him because I say, as you know, like some ridiculous shit. Oh yeah. You need a captain. And he audience. just he just laughs at me always. It's the best that's feeling. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's well, my we guy. I mean, they would be our sidekicks anyway. So they oh, for sure. fucking hog the show. You know right. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, Ronnie, so much. And anyone else who who is enjoying the show, please go to iTunes. Mm-hmm. Leave us some stars. It's super easy. You don't even have to hit more than one button. But if you really love us, feel free to leave us an actual review. And that really helps other people find us. And... At any point, you can send us an email to heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com. We mostly get emails about legendary moments. And a legendary moment can be any little bit of something that you loved in an episode. So it could be a character's hairstyle or 
the songs that they use or a, a line of dialogue or a whole scene or a whole B plot, whatever you loved about an episode, we want to hear it and we will air it on the show. And we always do that at the end. So stay tuned later on this episode for a couple legendary moments from our fans and a little extra surprise <gasps> that we are planning. <laughs> you know what the surprise I, is. I know. It's exciting. <laughs> Still exciting. It's very exciting. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's do it. So this is Mary the Paralegal, which is the 19th episode of season one. It first aired on April 24th, 2006. It was directed by Pamela Fryman, and the writer was Chris Harris. Uh, This is the last of the three episodes he wrote. Um, We saw OK Awesome and Game Night, two other really fun episodes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we won't see another episode written by him until season two, The Scorpion and the Toad. Another good one. Yeah. He's written some very dynamic episodes like a lot going on he's good with the the action and the he's, multiple storylines yeah he's the one that wrote that poem book like these don't yes. really rhyme and has like all sorts of other interesting projects other that's than right this. that's right yeah now speaking of the writing on this episode <laughs> throughout i just wanted to say this up front before we get into it so we don't have to discuss it every single time it comes up uh there is throughout this whole episode some very problematic stuff about sex work and sex workers Mm -hmm. and we're not gonna break it down every single time we'll probably just roll our eyes and say that whatever character is being stupid um but i do have either a theory or a different way to look at it that might make you feel better about this episode at the end and i'll talk about that later on probably in my sort of overall opinion of the episode i'm interested oh yeah yeah oh oh, great can we hear more about it kate and that really is a surprise we haven't talked about this i know that's why i I really am excited yeah and and you know this is this is not the last time that there are going to be some issues with an episode um some social issues because this was 2006 um mostly white people mostly white guys writing like there's just gonna be some stuff coming up but don't worry we're still gonna talk about it because it's fun yeah it's very important to talk about we're still gonna have fun while talking about it um but we are not going to to gloss over it so yeah that's it let's let's get into it because there's a lot of great stuff happening but we do need to talk about that all right Scene one opens up three months ago with everybody at the bar and Ted is telling them about how amazing Victoria is. And he's like, oh, I don't want to say it, but, you know, she could be. And Barney cuts him off and tells him to trust that instinct. Same, Barney, same. Uh, Then we see Robin come in and she walks over and she tells the group that she was nominated for a LEMA or a local (laughs) area media award for her story about Pickles, the singing dog. <laughs> so Robin tells them that it would mean a lot if if they would come and support her. Nobody looks excited until Robin mentions, you know, open bar, which any 20-something-year-old's going to take advantage of because they live in New York. Free booze. Yeah. I mean, think of all the money they're pouring down the drain at McLaren's every week. Yep. A free night of drinking? Hell yeah. Ted tells Robin to put him down for two. And he's like so obnoxious about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's like, because, you Oh, he loves the plus one. I mean. He loves a plus one. But the wedding. The wedding. Yep. So ridiculous. Bobby did a plus one, didn't do a plus one. You know, he decides he's just going to say it because he has a feeling 
Victoria is going to be around for a long time. <laughs> then we cut to the present day, three months later, and the boys are all sitting around at the bar. And uh, he laments that uh, he misses Victoria. <laughs> and uh, Ted says that maybe they should just skip it. You know, Robin's still pissed since he, and he's kind of like not sure what to say. And Barney helps him out by saying, lied and said you are broken up with Victoria so you could sleep with Robin only to lose them both of the same night. Which, fair <laughs> point, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, he wasn't about to let him gloss over that oh, shit. Oh, no way. We find out Robin actually hasn't spoken to Ted in three weeks and won't return his phone calls. Marshall mm-hmm. suggests that it could be a good way um, for him to, you know, say, hey, I still want to be your friend. Or, yeah. like Barney says, you could screw with her and show up with someone hotter. <sighs> he's always there for the manipulation. Yes. He's so simple. Yep. I mean, he's simple not, guy. but he is. Like, his base is pretty simple, but he's mm-hmm. so manipulative. I love it. Ted points out that it's only two hours away, and how's that going to happen? Mm-hmm. And they're ready pretty early. They are serious about pre-gaming, which is silly because it's an open bar. You're going to drink for free. Right, right. Whatever. It's a show. <laughs> Barney tells him that's an easy solution, just to get an escort. And Ted rebuffs and says that's gross here we go (laughs) then barney you know kind of gets on his soapbox and he's like it's the world's oldest profession i bet you know crow magnon probably gave the hooker some extra fish by putting out he also said one in eight women are oh one in eight women are prostitutes yeah (laughs) yeah so ridiculous if you watch marshall during the scene he just like kind of crosses his arms and listens to barney like looking Mm. very focused so then marshall points out that the oldest profession would then be fishing. Kaboom, you've been lawyered. Yeah. First time we see lawyers. Yes. Oh. Burr, burr, burr. So I was so excited for this. It's one I of my favorite things. All, yeah. All the time. I use that all the time. Yeah, at home. If I do that to Jack, we call it mamad. <laughs> like, oh, so you were mamad. He's like, oh. Got mama. Like, he can't do anything about it because he knows. Mama knows. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ted and Barney have this dialogue about getting a hooker and. Ted is so grossed out, and Barney thinks it's fun, and but it's illegal. <clears throat> and then Barney starts to tell Ted that it, the companion industry is the fastest growing industry in America. And you know, Marshall hears this, and you see him like sit up a little straighter. He kind of like tense his hands over his face <laughs> and like furrows his brow like deep in conversation. Barney like doesn't even like skip a beat when. Uh, Marshall tells him you made that up and then Barney immediately just says withdrawn and then Marshall says lawyer yeah they have such good chemistry they do their timing's so perfect it's definitely clicked since last episode like you can see this this comedic timing and and chemistry building between Neil and Jason so it's really great I agree Ted's wondering what is the point and Barney asks how long has it been and Ted says 57 days, which is a long, like a large number and like kind of obscure. So obviously, you know, Ted's been counting. But also, I mean, it's long if you're single, but he was, he was in, in a, a long relationship distance relationship for 31 of those days. Right. Because Victoria was gone for a month. So that's like a month and three weeks. So, yep. I mean, he's had like no guaranteed sex for mm-hmm. like three weeks. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, seriously. Get over it. I love this little, like, exchange. Barney asks if that's Ted's water, and 
asked to take a sip just to then dramatically spit out the water as he yes. says 57 days and you see it coming but it's still funny. it's still funny because neil patrick harris is just that good you know his, his little quiet oh much obliged yes right before he takes oh, it kills me every so time good. it's so this good is- this scene has really good timing. It does. He points out to Ted that he's in a slump and there's some like metaphors of like sports and stuff thrown around that I don't fully uh, understand, but Oh yeah, being in the locker room. Yeah. He's not in a slump cuz you know, a slump is usually like a, a run of losses. Mm-hmm. Sports by Kate. You're yeah. welcome everybody. <laughs> Ted says he's on an intentional hiatus and in the mm. locker room, whatever. And I love this line. Barney says, you know what else? Who else is in the, in the locker room? A bunch of naked dudes hanging brain. <laughs> That's so <laughs> disgusting. So nasty. When Jack was really little. Is he going to hate you for this? No, it's, he, t- he we laugh about this still. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, he was at swimming lessons. And, uh, you know, being a single mom, I would take him into the women's bathroom with me. He was adamant to go into the men's locker room mm-hmm. and i was sick to my stomach because I, I, you don't know yeah you don't know and so he's in there for a long time i'm like pacing i feel sick and he comes out like wide-eyed and he's like <laughs> he told me there was a, a hairy naked old man <laughs> in the locker room and he was like so traumatized and then never gave me a hard time it's like it's funny but i also never want to see that ever again mom please and so we we laugh about that story and he goes he goes yeah but the thing about naked old men and the locker room they're never in the pool only naked (laughs) (laughs) which is so true they just go for two hours Walk around the locker room naked, call it a With day. their leg up on the bench. Always. Always. Well, oddly enough, one of the next lines definitely reminds me of your son. Oh, God. When Barney goes off on Ted about how much of a dick he's being about sex work and yeah. sex workers. Oh, God. And Barney says something about like you discriminate against someone yeah. based on one external characteristic that's racism and i don't sit with racists and i just remember you telling me a story about jack when he didn't know the word sexism yet but he knew the word racism yeah and so something at school or something had been sexist and he couldn't believe it and was so horrified and he just said mama that's gender racism. <laughs> I can't remember what it was either, but it was the cutest thing. That's so sweet. Gender racism. Ah, oh, Barney, you tried. You tried to call Ted out on what an idiot he was being. Yeah. Because here's the thing. It's okay to be squeamish about prostitution because it's illegal. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to get in trouble. Or the fact that a lot of it is human trafficking. So that stuff is okay to be squidgy about. To just yeah. be like, ooh, gross. Like... That's extremely immature. Yeah. That's very immature. It's such like a dated point of view too. Like it just. Yeah. yeah. That's where it does. The show does not hold up. Yeah. Yep. And that's okay. We can talk on through it. Mm-hmm. So do you have anything else for this scene? This first scene? Um, I love the, I said good day. Oh yeah. I said good Willy day. Wonka. Yep. Willy Wonka. And I love like this long pause and Ted like looks like he's starting to laugh. Mm-hmm. and barney i said good day and like walks out so perfect yeah. one other thing for this scene from the very beginning when they do the three-month flashback mm-hmm. 
Ted is wearing an updated blazer and it actually looks good. It fits him. It's like this wool blazer. Mm. It's like very tailored and very thin. Like it looks, it actually looks nice. So good job. Um, And actually, I feel like everyone looks really good this episode. So whatever they were doing on the costume and hair end is working. Nice job. Speaking of which, the next scene we see Lily with beautiful curly red hair. So good. So gorgeous. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. So she's, like, passed out on the couch in the apartment upstairs. This is around the same time frame as uh, downstairs in the bar with the guys. Mm -hmm. And she's waiting for Robin to get ready, who is again in a red dress. Snore. I mean, it's your collar. Like, you look great in red. But it just... Lily had more effort. Lily had more effort, and it was Robin's award. Very true. Linda would have been very disappointed. Your mother. Mm Mm-hmm. What would she have said about Robin's red dress? Well, that she looked cheap, probably, and she should have made more of an effort. Hey, Robin, boys only want one thing. Boys, yeah, boys only want one thing. I feel like red is the make Ted look at me color for Mm. her. Like at the wedding when she got that crazy dress when nobody really knew yet that she had feelings for Ted. Mm -hmm. And now we see this dress. It's like, "Mm, okay, so Robin clearly is still not over him. Right. And is trying to, to, you know, catch his attention. Mm -hmm. So we find out that uh, Lily is exhausted because (laughs) they took away the kindergartner's nap times. And I love this. Uh, She said that the kids are crazy. And well, on top of that, she also doesn't get her nap. And (laughs) Robin's like, wait, what do you mean? You nap in the room with all those kindergartners? And, you know. Is that safe? Right. So Lily, uh, Robin's thinking, is it safe for the kids? Yeah. But Lily says, they're only five. What are they going to do to me? Yeah. It's like. <laughs> not not, not her point. At all. Like, I feel like this is probably not the best profession mm-hmm. for her. No. <laughs> seems like, yeah, it seems like it's a job she kind of fell into. Yeah. Robin, you know, sort of discreetly, but not at all, asks if Ted is coming and is it weird if I bring a date? So it starts this whole back and forth about, oh. like, is it weird? Is it not weird? Are we friends? Are we not friends? Like, does this cross a line? Like, all this these giant question marks. And so Robin's bringing a date. It's a guy at work. We can guess who that is. Mm-hmm. So she's clearly playing the game. The game that Ted is kind of resisting playing. It's like when animals, like, strut back and forth and, like, dis- yeah. like display their colorful feathers. To- what is that called? Oh. Like uh, preening or yeah, preening, presenting, yeah, as a baboon. Yes, <laughs> Marshall oh. says that later. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's called presenting. <laughs> oh yes, yes. We'll get there. She's clearly doing all this to make Ted jealous, even yep. though she denies it. Um, and she's like, "No, no, no, it's not going to be weird, Robin. Don't worry." However, then she turns around and calls Marshall and tells him, and they both agree it's going to be weird. Ted gets the update. Decides it's not going to be weird. And back and forth and back and forth. So now that we know that Robin's bringing a date, Barney kind of feels like he has more leverage on the escort plan because now he can really play on what Robin's up to. He walks back in with Mary. And from the conversation before and on, you know, just how how beautiful and, you know, sort of unabashedly traditionally hot she looks everyone assumes that she is the prostitute that he's been talking about he had mentioned her earlier like there's a girl who lives in my building um and he kind of 
he just does it all in this very sly way. Yeah. Where he never says Mary is a prostitute. So but he sort of so talks around it. Right. Like earlier on, he says, "You need a lady, and I have the next best thing." Mm-hmm. Why is what? Mary the next best thing? Right. So he sort of like so hints at it. It's all innuendo, and that's what gets Ted in trouble. Yep. So Mary walks in. She's gorgeous, blonde she's bombshell, smoking hot, smoking hot, like super tan, and like I love her perfect. sparkly purse, like her hair, her boobs, like everything, just perfect. Perfect, beautiful. That orange dress, like the bandage kind of dress. Oh, I love it. She looks beautiful. And she's like confident in who she is. Very she confident. Herself, carries herself well. Barney pulls a have you met Ted? And at this point, Ted is still not going for it. So Mary, the paralegal, Mary, mm-hmm. is played by Erin Bartlett. She's been in a few things, mostly characters with names like Girl Number One, Blonde <laughs> Woman, Meets Girlfriend, M-E-A-T, Fashion show model, salad girl. Uh, she's from Mass. She just celebrated her birthday. Ooh, ooh. So those are the things I found about her. And that she spells Aaron with two N's. Two N's. And she's a former beauty queen. <gasps> oh, I'm not surprised. Right? She's right? So That's beautiful. the boys and the Yeah, beauty. she does. Um, and she's married to Goldie Hawn's son. Oh, stop it. Yeah, dude. She actually, it looks like she stopped acting in 2013. She has three kids with Goldie oh. Hawn's son. Man. So she's fucking set for life. Goldie Hawn? I am jealous right I now. Am I am so jealous. Damn. I'm gagging. Ugh. Gagged. So Ted pulls Barney aside, leaving Marshall and Mary alone at the table. And if you watch them in the background, Marshall, every time there's like a wide shot and you can see Marshall, mm-hmm. he looks terrified to be sitting across the booth from Mary. He looks like he's in Jurassic Park and there's like a T-Rex in the room. Yep. Oh, he's just not moving and just Paralyzed. staring straight forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's terrified. Over at the bar, Ted's pissed at Barney for inviting her and just keeps saying, she's a hooker. Gross. You know, just being a Ted baby. right now, a giant baby. And Barney says, there's nothing but good that's going to come out of this. You're going to make Robin jealous. You're going to maybe learn something about people in the escort business the courtesan mm-hmm. business he says yes and you're gonna get to have sex so where's the downside like there's nothing going on no one's gonna suspect anything only the three of us know and then they show marshall frozen like that it's like yeah. okay marshall's gonna crack clearly he can't hide anything no and uh, barney drops the fact that he paid he'd be out 500 dollars if ted doesn't go on the state so it's like a last ditch attempt Right. To make him feel guilty. But then Barney makes a really shitty joke about trans people. Saying like, oh, you think I would get you a toothless tranny from Port Authority? I hope Chris Harris would not write that joke today. And I hope everyone in the writers wouldn't be like, yeah, good one. That's so funny. So funny. So, yeah, that was a stupid joke. I said, boo, Barney, boo, writers Mm -hmm. for that. I mean, it was 2006. I would say I'm surprised that... Uh, Neil Patrick Harris, being a gay man himself, wouldn't say anything about that. But we've we've come a long way in twelve years. I think even just to be an out actor was still pretty like right. impressive and yeah, and scary. Right, and so expecting him to put his neck on the line, it's like yeah, it's a very complicated thing. Barney obviously sees that the biggest benefit to Ted is going to be making Robin jealous, so he really pushes on that. But Ted says, nope, nope, I'm not going to do this. 
I have a soul. Shut up, Ted. He stands strong about this until... Until... Until Robin walks in with Sandy Rivers on her arm. And, and she's he, wearing a blazer. She is wearing a blazer. Second blazer of the episode. Yep. Shabatsky, calm down. And <laughs> Ted and Marshall have their first ever telepathic conversation. Yay! Yay! This is a big episode. We see Lawyered for the first time. Yeah. We see the telepathic convos for the first time. A lot um, so of things that continue throughout the series. Not not like super often, but just enough to remind you of that like inside joke. Yeah, so this is obviously some suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, there's a little bit of magical realism in How I Met Your Mother. and This is a little example of that. Not really magical realism, but suspension of disbelief. Chris and I think each other's thoughts. You and Liz do too. <gasps> oh my God. In the middle of the night last night. No, sing it like Billy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have the rights for that, Caitlin. I'm not going to get sued oh, by Billy fine. Joel. fine. All right. So in the middle of the night, middle of the night, <laughs> <laughs> neither of us were sleeping because we've been, we bought a house and right. so we've been working on it nonstop. And in the middle of the night, I just said, do you think we should put a cat door in the basement door? And Liz said, I was just thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, because that's Chris so and I that's, all the time. That's what being married lesbians is, guys. Yeah, basically. <laughs> thinking each best. other's thoughts about cat doors in your new house. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they have a telepathic combo about Sandy Rivers. And we get to flash back to Ted and Marshall enjoying watching Sandy on the morning news on Metro News 1, the worst <laughs> cable network in history. Super low budge. Super low budge. And Sandy's, part of Sandy's bit on the morning news is reading the paper out loud. And did you see where this came from? Yeah, I saw it was a parody of something, Some a real newscaster did, re, news reporter, journalist did yeah. on NY1. Uh, Pat Kiernan, uh, it was called In the Papers. <laughs> So it's literally like the same thing. When they they cut to that, did you notice what Ted was wearing? No. What was he wearing? A blue bleach stained hoodie. <gasps> oh my God. We see it oh, again. Yeah. And we thought we didn't. We were like, you've never worn that. Wow. Again. Oh, I, gotta put my, I gotta take my foot out of my mouth to put my other foot like in my mouth now. God damn. It's so embarrassing. All right, fair enough. At least he's gotten more use out of it than he uh, than he yeah. led us on to believe. So they're watching Sandy on the morning news, and this is clearly a morning ritual because they have this entire box of decals. It looks like can... the cash box from like a Little League stand. Or from long-term bets. Oh, yeah. Which is something that happens later on. Yeah, duh. The first thing I thought was like, oh, my God, I wonder if that's the same box from long-term bets. Yeah. I bet it is. Yeah. So. File that away, dear fans. They have a bunch of decals. That morning they decided on Yosemite Sandy. So (laughs) they put the decals on the screen and then he's just, you know, he looks like Yosemite Sam. And Ted says, oh, I love this guy. And then they cut back to the barn. Ted says, I hate this guy. So he's pissed. No longer any fun and games about Sandy time. And clearly... You know, Ted's moving towards wanting to make Robin jealous now that he knows who the date is. Right. And then Lily comes in and Marshall is immediately nervous because he's such a terrible liar. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, Mary just got here. Don't really know much about Mary. I didn't do anything. I have nothing to do with this. 
I'm so nervous. Yeah, and Lily's just deliriously tired, so she doesn't really notice. So Robin strolls up to the to the table. Ted starts to ask her how she is, and Robin like immediately cuts him off, very chilly, and introduces Sandy. And Sandy is his usual, just unflappable self. Oh, doesn't so notice, perfect. yeah, doesn't notice any weirdness in the room. He's just so right. happy to be there. Please use my full name. People get a kick out of that. And I mean, he's he's just so such an idiot that he's charming. He's so charming. He's like um, Gilderoy Lockhart in uh, Harry Potter. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Only Super less Harris. diabolical. Right. He yeah. really only has one speed, Sandy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. And then all of a sudden, Ted decides he has a date too, mm-hmm. after saying no to Barney all night. And he pulls Mary up to introduce her to Robin. And this is the first time that we see her kind of being used as a pawn. Mm-hmm. And it happens all night. And that's kind of part of what I'll be talking about later with um, the idea of prostitution. We cut to the banquet hall where Sandy and Robin are shaking hands with people. And we hear an announcer welcoming everyone to the 45th area, uh, annual Local Area Media Award. Hosted by Vampire, Vampire Lou. Yay! Yay! King of the Saturday Morning Kung Fu Movie. And he was played by Robert Michael Morris, who actually um, passed away last May. I know. So sad. He was 77. Yeah, but he only started acting in 05. I expected him to be in everything. Hmm. I was like, this guy's got to have a huge resume. And then I looked and it was 05. was his earliest. That's weird. That's weird. But yeah, he died. R.I.P. Vampire Lou. Yeah. Or did he? I mean, if he's a vampire. Ah. Who can say? <laughs> vampire Lou is making this grand speech about how they're celebrating the best in broadcasting and the triumph of the human spirit. And Marshall remarks that he can't believe how great Vampire Lou looks. I know. He's so cute sitting there with like his hands. Yeah. He's just like. He's so <gasps> starstruck. Ted is an asshole and can't believe I'm on a date with a hooker. Ugh. Marshall can't believe that Mary went to the bathroom with Lily because that's where secrets come out, which is true huh, for yeah, sure. Yeah. But as the girls come back, you know, Barney makes a comment about like, how would anyone find that out? You know, she's not going to just say like, P.S. I have sex for money. And Lily's like, who has sex for money? Oof. And, oh, close one, right, Marshall? So many close calls. Kind of brushed her off. Yeah. And he's like, what'd you talk about in there? And Lily tells him not much, just chit chat. And then she borrowed mary's lipstick and this is right after she kisses marshall and he's just like like marshall wipes looks disgusted off. but like wipes it off but won't say anything yeah and then lily gets all sorts of like cranky and she's like pissed off because she can't believe that vampire lou hosts a kung fu movie and i was cracking up because that's something i would do because i'm an asshole i don't know why <laughs> she says she's just tired and she when she's tired she gets cranky and Sandy looks at her and says, really, I can't imagine you cranky. Mm-hmm. And Lily repeats it with this like look on her face like, really, I can't believe you came in you cranky. And it's <laughs> so the only good. time they interact ever on the show yeah. throughout. It's all nine seasons. It is it's just so good. You never it's see her that so petty. Good. It's so amazing. I had to watch it a few times because the way she just like mimics him. like Oh, her face. I felt like they were playing like husband and wife. I felt like they were like being... 
their true honest selves yeah yeah because it was definitely a different lily than we usually see and so barney tells her to quit her job and just work at a private school so she works in a public school in new york city that yeah that's the proof right there 12 kids what the fuck yeah okay sure lil sure all right, yeah, we, we buy that. Um, anyway, but she points out that she doesn't base all of her decisions based on how much money she'll make, unlike her fiancé. Oh, yeah. And Marshall's, Marshall's like, you know, it's just an internship, just for the record, like, wants to make sure that that is known, like, he's talking under Lily. So Lily keeps plowing on, and she's, you know, if I did sacrifice all of my values just for an easy buck, what would that make me? And Mary is just like, yeah, she is, like, feeling it, and she's, like, nodding along. She's like... She says, a prostitute. And it's super funny for us, the audience yeah. and the boys, because we know, air quotes, that she's a prostitute. Right. And it's funny that she would say that. And so then, you know, this very amazing segue, Robin asks Mary what she does for a living. And Barney shouts, like, she's a paralegal. Like, she's a paralegal. Like, uh, like just yeah. throwing anything out yeah. there to cover the lie for her. And she could be both. There's probably tons of people have, have nor- like day right? jobs and then do sex work. Yeah. Tons of people. So again, he's kind of playing into that, mm, like that he had covered for it. Right. Right. So Robin then asked, you know, what does a paralegal do? And the answer that Mary gives, it sounds vague. Like, it, and she says it in that kind of like up top. Yeah. Like a halted kind of. And so Lily asks which law firm and she replies, Douglas O'Halloran and Stamp. Like, again, like, up like that. Yeah, which sounds like she's making it up. Right, right. And um, I had read online that those are the last names of actors playing the three Kryptonian villains in Superman and Superman 2. What? Sarah Douglas, Jack O'Halloran, and Terrence Stamp. Crazy. But Marshall, I love this. He's looking at her, like, really thoughtfully and, like, nodding and looks so impressed. And he's, that's a real law firm. She thought he was impressive, was like a legit, like it's a great law firm to work for. Yeah, like it's a big time law firm. Yeah, but Marshall, yeah, thank you. But Marshall was just like, oh, well, she's a pretty good liar. Like she's done her research. Yeah. This prostitute. Well, and that made me wonder, because um, I don't know the answer to this question, is if if escorts, if their date <laughs> takes them to somewhere like a business thing or something, do they lie? Yeah, they have a cover story. They do? Yeah. Oh, I just didn't know that. Very uh, Well, I, I don't know, but I, of course they would have to, right? I guess, yeah. If you're being introduced to other people, unless you don't care that it's a... Yeah. I guess they would uh, an get, that, get that story straight ahead of time. Yeah. I was wondering, like, let's say Mary didn't think that Marshall was sort of complimenting her and was just... Okay sort of mansplaining like oh wow that is a real law firm like she must think these people are so freaking weird i feel like everybody in the room is being so bizarre and she's being so nice and upbeat about things but she's got to be starting to sense a little a little weirdness among them yeah because it is weird and it's kind of amazing how many times just offhandedly people in conversation say something that kind of call out a prostitute we talk about it a lot in in a normal conversation, but it's never really in in positive tones. No. So Ted whispers to Mary that she's pretty good on her feet. And Mary, you know, is pretty playful and asks, um, are you flirting with me? And Ted 
replies, is that allowed? And Mary tells him it's not only allowed, it's encouraged because, you know, they're on a date. So, duh, of course. Right. Flirting's okay. Everything can be heard in two ways this episode. It's pretty cool. Ted says that normally, you know, he wouldn't say something like this on a first date, but considering... Considering what? Yep, doesn't say. She, that she's a whore. Yeah, right, right, right. He, go, he tells her that she's so hot. And then uh, Robin comes into the conversation and tells her that Ted is a great guy and not to let him out of her sight even for like a second and you can feel this tension between the two mm-hmm. and they're kind of both trying to discredit the other one in front of the other person's date and like so petty yeah because they're just using sandy and mary to hurt the other one yeah and even even though sandy's like is kind of like vapid he's still a person yeah i mean he doesn't even notice when ted starts insulting yeah. him like at all. at all it's very clear that they're still all the all the real chemistry in the room is just flowing back and forth across the table right. like as daggers so ted asks sandy what he does and then he's like oh i know what you do you read, you're the guy who reads the paper in the morning. Ted tells him that that's actually what he does, too. But then after he reads the paper and has his coffee, he gets up and goes to his real job where he actually contributes something. So rude. So rude. Like, that's way out of line. If I was Mary, I would probably have left. Me, too. But instead, she, like, whispers to Ted and makes fun of him. And she... Mm. And she as Ted says, makes fun of someone he hates by referencing something he loves, and she jokes that Sandy puts his hair on in the morning the same way that Darth Vader puts on his helmet in Empire. And she says Empire, not Empire Strikes Back, so, you know, she's a fan. She's a fan. And she, like, knows Star Wars. Ted fucking blew it with Mary. She's a smoke show, and she knows about Star Wars. Whatever, they're hitting it off and enjoying each other, and Robin's not impressed. Yeah, she's across the table just looking very upset. Yeah, and we hear the narration that even though she's a prostitute, she was actually pretty great. Because you can't be that great if you're a prostitute. Right. No, you can't be both. You have to be one or the other. You always have to choose. And Ted told his kids this story. Mm-hmm. Just putting it out there. Sometimes he'll let us know, like, this is one I didn't tell my kids, but this apparently he told them. So some time passes, and he finds uh, Robin at the bar to apologize. And early in the episode, he said that he had tried to call her and she wasn't picking up. So this may be the first time they've seen each other in three weeks. And right. his apology is lame. He just says, I really want to apologize for what happened. And Robin's not having it. She's like, yeah, that's not going to do it. You can't just apologize and have everything go back to normal. Then they continue this conversation of, oh, we're still friends. Are we really, though? We never see each other. You don't answer my calls. Mm -hmm. And this is something that comes back around and around and around with the two of them because there's so much romantic sexual stuff happening between them that it's hard to know if they've ever actually been friends or if they've just sort of been orbiting each other Mm -hmm. and happen to be in the same friend group now because... Yeah, this won't be the last time they have this debate about, of course we're friends. Oh, really? It doesn't feel like it. Then Ted cuts her off and totally gaslights the whole situation saying, I'm just here to support you, but I'm really getting tired of trying to do that. It's like, Ted, no, you're not. Yeah, I was like, now I'm so mad about this. That's right. Make it all about you, Ted. Yeah, dude. She has a right to be upset. You. I mean, she fucked up too, but. Yeah. Respect that she's upset and hurt. He was in a relationship. 
He fucked up more than anybody, and now he's doing this to her, like, mm-hmm. on her night? Yep. Very selfish. Extremely yep, that, selfish. That's Teddy Boy. Extreme fuckboy mentality. Teddy Westside. Yeah. Teddy Westside is his fuckboy name. Sandy walks up just as Ted's walking away, and he just says, I like that guy. After Ted's been just shitting on him all night. And it sounds a lot like Ted's, I hate this guy. But mm-hmm. it's Sandy, and he is just, you just can't, can't. Kill his vibe. No, you can't. Not for a second. Mary and Ted are sitting at the table, and this is another instance of sort of a a double entendre or an innuendo where she says, this is one of the nicer hotels I've been in. So you're assuming, if you think she's a prostitute, if this is your first time through, that, of course, she's been in tons of hotels. That's where a lot of paid sex happens so absolutely you know and this this is one of the nicer ones so she might usually be in more seedy situations but really because she's a low budget sex worker low budget whore yeah yeah but really she's just a normal woman who hasn't been in really fancy hotels and it sounds like i took that as like she's trying to like trying to talk to him about anything yeah yeah just trying to keep conversation going yeah um, and Engage him because he was like over there talking to Robin. Right, right. He's, she's trying to sort of get his attention back because mm-hmm. they had like a they clearly had some chemistry going during the night, yeah, and then for sure it probably just derailed when when Ted saw her at the bar. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're talking about it, and like, oh yeah, too bad we don't have a room. And then Barney just slides them a key, and damn, I wish I had a rich friend. Me too. Oh, like here, go go spend a night in this beautiful. In this beautiful hotel, on me. Wow. So that's so where the nice. that's where the real five hundred bucks went. Right. That's where he spent five hundred dollars on the hotel room. Yeah, not on Mary. Yeah. So Barney is trying to convince Ted to go upstairs. Uh, again, he makes up a statistic about men who sleep with prostitutes are more likely to be successful in future relationships. Seventy five percent. Seventy five percent more likely. And Marshall walks up. To Barney and Ted as they're having this conversation just in time to lawyer Barney. He's like, nope, you made that up. And, Barney withdraws. Yep, and literally withdraws and walks away. Um, and Marshall's come up for more than just to lawyer Barney. He also is there to remind Ted that he's supposed to be rooting for Robin, but he's spending all of his time elsewhere, and that he can't sleep with a prostitute. It's wrong on every level. Whatever. Uh. Yeah suddenly everyone's extremely moral on this show. But most importantly of all, Marshall's <laughs> been putting small objects in Sandy's hair all night and he hasn't noticed yet. So that's, that's a fun little, fun little detail that he did to mm-hmm. probably keep himself busy and to also make Ted feel better. He hesitates about going up to the room and so they go and they sit down for, for Robin's um, award and she ends up winning against really dark shit. <laughs> 13 pregnant and addicted like holy cow like you beat them out with pickles the singing dog must have been pretty good yeah whatever you did with that dog um so yeah oh yeah <laughs> that's not how i meant it oh okay <laughs> well i'm sorry then i'm sorry for putting that thought into your mind it's fine it's fine Yikes. so robin ends up winning and she thanks everybody Except Ted, in this very yeah. obvious way. Her friends. Marshall, Lily, and she's like, Sandy Rivers, 
and Barney, and that's it. Yeah, just goes around the table. Those are all my friends. And And those are all my friends. Just really obvious. Thank you. So if I thought Ted was the rudest one of the night with his Sandy comment, I mean, Robin just knocked it out of the park. Stole it. Yeah, stole the show. And even Mary sees it's awkward. She's like, Jesus, what's going on with these people? She's like looking around, awkward clapping. And uh, Robin comes back to the table and immediately says, let's go get a cab, Sandy. Mm -hmm. She's pissed. Clearly the conversation at the bar did nothing to help their situation. And as soon as Ted hears that, suddenly he's ready to go upstairs. So every yep. time he's... Because, you know, they got a room. They got a room. Just all so like, tacky. challenges her looking at her. You yeah, know? yeah. It is so tacky. So tacky. And what I wanted to say about the whole prostitution thing is maybe they were just going for the cheap laughs by making this whole, like, misunderstanding thing happen. But it also reveals a lot about the characters, especially Ted and how he treats a woman when he thinks she's a prostitute. Because he's mm. literally using her, like, as a prop this whole episode. Yeah. And maybe he wouldn't be as blatant about it if he didn't think she got paid to have sex. So, uh, yeah. So I think it really just, like, says a lot about Ted and who he is. Because this was extremely tacky. He was like, yeah, we got yeah. a room. To I mean, it's just gross. From there, that we get another telepathic conversation between Marshall and Ted, with Marshall trying to stop Ted one last time, secretly, with Mary sitting right in the middle of them. It, it's, so from Mary's point of view... It's just like view, looking back, yeah. eyes, and like... So Mary's point of view, they must have just been like staring at each other, yeah. sort of making facial movements, and she's just sitting in the middle of them. Like, can you imagine? Yeah, and Marshall's like, don't do it, dude, and Ted's like... Why not? She's hot and she's cool and I can make Robin jealous. But the best part is Lily calls to Marshall telepathically and like yeah. jumps into the conversation. It's like, what is going on with you guys? <laughs> so Marshall like gets rid of Ted. He's like, yeah, do whatever you want. And then turns back to Lily and he's like, hey, hey, telepathically. Yeah. So cute. So now we know that Lily can also talk telepathically, which is important for later on. Ted and Mary walk out, and then Sandy and Robin walk out, and we see the back of Sandy's head full of little cocktail umbrellas. It's so good. And other sundry items from the table. It's so good. So amazing. Um, In the elevator, Ted looks at Mary, and then, because this is an okay question to ask anybody, asks if she and Barney ever, and kind of, you know, trails off mm-hmm. and Mary laughs and says, not enough money in the world. Ted is visibly re- relieved. And of course, this is funny because she's a prostitute and she has sex for money. Right. And even Barney is too gross for her. Yeah. And so it's another, like, Yawn. this whole conversation is just, just like these innuendos where, like. It's so tired at this point, yeah. too. And normal woman, a normal woman could say, there's not enough money in the world for me to sleep with Barney. Yeah. So it means... Two different things, and that keeps happening through this entire scene as Ted sort of dips his toe into the you're the prostitute and we're going to have sex conversation. He deserves this, though. He deserves every awkward bit of this shit that he gets after the way he he did his girlfriend and Robin dirty last time. But yeah, no, he totally does. Mm -hmm. Oh, fuck him. Yeah. 
when then we cut back to the party and we see Robin walking in alone, clutching her lama. And everyone's like, you know what's going on? And she's like, I don't date people I work with. I was just trying to make Ted jealous. And she put Sandy in a cab and sent him home. There's probably a lot for her to admit that. Yeah. She's such a stubborn stubborn gal. I know. She probably was like real upset and really feeling some feels. You know? Um, so Marshall, you know, then has this telepathic conversation with Lily, who is asleep on her shoulder, sleeping like a little baby angel. I know. And uh, in this conversation, Marshall confesses that Mary is a prostitute. And then Lily pops up awake and says, Mary is a prostitute. <laughs> and <laughs> so then she Marshall, heard her sleep. <laughs> yeah. And Marshall immediately blames Barney, saying that he paid for her. Lily tells Barney that for anyone else, this would be a new low, but for him, it's just a new middle, <laughs> which, you know, is true. And then Lily realizes she's wearing her lipstick and is immediately grossed out, grabs a napkin, starts wiping her mouth, and Marshall very helpfully points out that that was her napkin, and everyone's so disgusted. Because Mary was covered with open sores, right? Right. Yeah, she looked disgusting, and I, they were so suspicious of her, and now everything's been confirmed. Mm-hmm. Like, no, they loved her before. Yeah. Suddenly, she's this, like, leper of a person. But Barney's looking, like, so pleased with himself and, like, jumps up and says that there's this big twist of the evening. <laughs> and keeping with the award show motif, he pulls an envelope out of his pocket. Do you think Barney... Already had that envelope prepared before he got there because he's that diabolical? Or do you think the envelope trick was a last-minute decision at the event? Oh, he planned it. So I feel like he might have asked her like a couple days before, be like, hey, my friend just got dumped. He's Or something. Like, you know him. Oh, wow. Some sort of story. Yeah. That's how I... I was thinking maybe it went back to earlier that night. But yeah, this could go back like a week. We always find out that he's got shit cooking. Like, if you think about it... As soon as it happened with Victoria and Robin, obviously, Ted has nobody to bring to this. Yeah. I wonder how many, like, plots Barney starts and then nothing comes of them. Like, I feel like he has a lot of irons in the fire for each of his friends. Yeah. A lot of different schemes. always has something cooking. A lot of flim flams, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Flim flams. I love that. Flim flams. Barney takes this envelope out of his pocket, gets Vampire Lou to read it out loud, and it says... Mary is not really a prostitute. And everyone's jaws drop. Because what? Because every that's what everyone has been led to believe. And he starts laughing. And he's like, Mary's a paralegal who lives in my building. And here's the best part. She has no idea that Ted thinks she's a hooker. Eee. And the group is horrified, as they should be. Um, and... Barney says, come on, if you don't laugh, it just seems mean. This is a pretty bad one for Barney. It's awful, but I love um, the way he announces it. Like, yeah, the envelope, the award show motif. Oh, yeah. Vampire Lou reading it out loud. He's all about uh, the drama, for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, can we talk about the amazing prop Easter egg that happens in this moment? What? Of Vampire Lou drinking a bloody mary oh my god twofold easter egg bloody because he's a vampire mary because mary the paralegal i remember i didn't notice that right away and i noticed it like maybe 
10 or 12 I love Easter eggs. Me too. And I was like, Vampire Lou's literally drinking a Bloody Mary right now. All the layers. Yeah, I love the um, attention to detail that some people put into their shows and their writing. And like those, the little things are always my favorite pieces. Oh, heck yeah. That's all the smart stuff. And now for one of the most awkward scenes in How I Met Your Mother history, I would say. Because it's all, it's all the same stuff that's been happening all episode where it's innuendo and double entendre and depending on who you are you're hearing things differently so since the elevator ted's been trying to broach the idea of like hey we're about to have sex because i paid for you obviously yeah right you know i mean he's been doing it all night but it's really ramped up because they're like walking toward the bedroom so they're the two of them are having a completely different conversation than the other person and Ted says, I feel like Richard Gere, which for you young folks is a Pretty Woman reference, which is a movie about a hooker. Um, and Mary just thinks that he's really full of himself. And then Ted says that he's never been on a date and sort of does this weird motion um, that signals that he's not talking about, you know, going out for it's a like movie. air quotes, but with your body. Yeah, almost. body quotes. Yeah, body quotes. He does body quotes around on a date. Uh, And Mary says she's been going on dates since she was 15. And Ted is, like, heartbroken for her, thinking that she's been Uh a prostitute since she was 15. What kind of life is that, you know? Right. And then Mary says that work was really tough today, that people were riding her all day long and talk about anal. And Ted's, like, about to die. Mary opens the door and it's like, this is all about to happen. And he freezes and says that he likes her a lot. And I'm amazed at how much I like you. Right. Because she's not, you know, worthy of being like. How can a whore be likable? Yeah. Remember how we said we weren't going to harp on the hooker jokes? Oh, we weren't going to do that. (laughs) We've been doing it every time. I feel like you made it worse. Whoops. Sorry, guys. Oh, I didn't say this last time. Sorry, guys. Sorry about sorry, it. Sorry, not sorry. This needs to be said. So the last one happens. Oh, God. So he says, yeah, I'm amazed that I like you. And I just can't because you're a hooker. He just like lays it out there. It's a deal breaker. Like, uh... Not going to have sex with a prostitute. So in the in the span of a minute, he calls her a hooker three times and a prostitute once. Yeah. And she... you know, he's just old fashioned. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? And she's standing there telling him that she's a paralegal. And I guess he thinks that she's sort of playing along with the story mm-hmm. or whatever, the lie. But eventually it's sort of, cl- you see it click in Ted's head as she's saying, no, I'm a paralegal for the third time that who is behind all of this? Barney. You see it click, and then you hear Barney's laugh over the two of them. And we cut to the bar, and we see Barney laughing. And Ted looks like he's trying not to laugh. And Barney explains that it did, uh, he did it to prove a point, which, you know, he then struggles to think of a point, but then (laughs) it hits him. You thought Mary was a sure thing. You went up to a hotel room on your first date, so you need to be that confident with every woman, and your slump will be over. Mm Mm-hmm. And Ted's like, so treat everyone like a whore? 
No, he didn't treat her like a whore. He treated her like a human and a person. And someone he could he... easily flirt with because there yeah. it was a sure thing. Yeah. Or like what I imagine if you don't if you're not even attracted to somebody, just like enjoying each other's company. You know what I mean? Like right. there wasn't sexual tension like are we or aren't we? Right, because it was a given. Barney is kind of bewildered and he's like tells Ted that he should be thanking him. And Ted, you know, relays that <clears throat> she slapped him and stormed off. Like, what did you expect? Right. You know, and then Barney points that out. Like, you called her a hooker. Can you blame her? <laughs> and then Ted's like, well, you know, it's getting pretty late. I got to head back to my room. And Barney kind of pauses. And then we find out that Ted still has not checked out of the hotel room. <laughs> and... The, the hotel room that is being charged to Barney's credit card. Yep. And he tells Barney that it's really fun to pour Dom Perignon down the drain. <laughs> and that he's got to go because he has a massage at 3 p.m. So Teddy Boy gets the last laugh, even though he doesn't deserve it. And then Marshall does his perfect impression of Barney and says, come on, if you don't laugh, it's just me. <laughs> he does like the little head cock. This sort of reminded me of the limo where another woman gets hurt and used by Ted yes. because of Robin. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, Victoria, obviously, too, but someone we don't really get to know. Yeah. Yeah. And is sort of. Was it Mary Beth or whatever? Yeah, Mary Beth. She's just sort of playing second fiddle all night to Ted's feelings about yeah. Robin. Right. Exactly. Good call. Yep. Yep. Didn't even think of that. All right. What did you think of Mary the Paralegal? Oh, I think this episode is so fun. Problematic, yes. Mm, yep. Taking that aspect out of it, just like the idea that people believe one thing to be absolutely true, but the opposite is true, and they're like presented with that information again and again and again, but they just choose not to believe it mm-hmm. because they so believe in this other thing. Yeah. Can be funny and clever, but I think it's always sort of based on probably a stereotype yeah. yeah yeah and the first time around if this is the first time you've watched this episode you believed like you knew as much as they knew right so you this is definitely an episode that you can watch twice and should watch twice because when you go back you hear all of the things that mary says that you right. thought a hooker would say and you realize that all of us say them in normal conversation yeah and it doesn't mean the same thing yeah that whole yeah this is definitely an episode a lot of them are like this, but this is one where a second watch will give you mm-hmm. a completely fresh set of laughs. Yeah, for a totally different reason. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so this was really fast-paced and fun. A lot of really punchy dialogue and jabs, funny stuff, and then also some, like, real left hooks from Robin. Like, she says one at the bar. She says, oh, did you kiss her yet? Or were you waiting to be in a committed relationship first? Oh, that's so something I would have said. Yowza! Hot jambalaya. So, it was good to see Sandy again. Always love episodes with Sandy because he's just such a fool. It was good to see where we are in the fallout from last episode. So, this is three weeks later and things are still, it's like an open wound between the two of them. Between Robin and Ted. Um, both romantically and friend-wise, there seems to be still a lot of feelings of all kinds going around, and neither of them seem all that sure of where things are going to go. And this is what I was going to say about the sex workers. That there's a lot, a lot of problematic stuff happening here if you take it at face value, um, which 
part of me thinks that's what they were going for. Like it was just the cheap laughs and, you know, making the, the whole idea of prostitutes kind of the butt of the joke. But 12 years later watching this, you can kind of view it as irony or satire. Mm. Because having someone in the scene that everyone thinks is a prostitute, it sh- showed like everybody's true nature. You know what I mean? Like everybody yeah. around the table was a whole lot less civilized than the prostitute at the table. It's kind of like um, in Huckleberry Finn, where you're supposed to think, you know, the slave or the escaped slave Jim is like the most uncivilized person in the book, but right. all the white civilized people are doing all kinds of fucked up stuff. Are monsters. Exactly. Yeah, so it was like Mary is just this really cool, smart, um, funny person at the table and everybody else is just being gross like ted's using somebody for his own gain um marshall is hiding things barney's outright lying lily is being a jerk to everybody so it's like Mm -hmm. everyone thinks that just because mary has sex for money she's the worst person at the table yeah but she's not it's like she held up a mirror to everybody else Oh. Right, and I don't, I don't know if they were really going for this. I don't think that they were. I think at the time, it was a good, it was a good joke. And I mean, Barney talks about it a little bit, you know, when he says that Ted's really stuck up about it. But he still did this to somebody. So, I yeah, I think two thousand six, they were just doing the funny prostitute joke. But looking back, you can see it with a kind of irony satire that they might not have. They might not have initially been going for. So that's how I like to see it. That's pretty generous of you. Yeah, right? I know. Well, I still want to enjoy the episode, and it does show a lot about everybody. Like, they're just being rude behind her back the whole time, and she would never be like that to them. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Bit of a problematic episode, but still still has some good stuff going on. It can be both, I guess. Yeah, and that's that's life. (laughs) That's why we have the term problematic faves, right? Right. Everyone has right. a favorite something that is problematic in one way or another. So we're going to keep going with this show and keep calling stuff out but still having fun with it. And that's that's the whole point. Yes. Yeah. All right. So this week we have three legendary moments from our fans. And again, if this is the first time you're listening, a legendary moment is... Your standout moment from the episode, anything that was your favorite. Uh, Kate, a couple weeks ago, she had outfits Mm -hmm. as her favorite, uh, or as her legendary moment, excuse me. My legendary moment last week was a character who I actually hate. Victoria. Victoria was your legendary Um, moment. Yep. But it can be a scene. It can Mm -hmm. be an expression. It could be really anything that you want. Um, It's whatever stood out for you. Our first legendary moment is from Tanya, and Tanya is one of our fans in South Africa. What up, Tanya? And she writes, good morning, K and K. And when I read this, I immediately thought of the two dancing girls <laughs> emoji that I just sent you. Yeah. Like, uh, that's what K, K, K and K looks like to me. Yay! It's So us. if you ever do merchandise, Ooh. that could be like... Little K and K on a shirt. Yeah. I like it. All right. So good morning, K and K. 
I love Mary the Paralegal episode. Classic Kimmy moments, including the cast speaking telepathically and Marshall using lawyer. Epic. Um, Those are definitely two of my favorite pieces of the episode. So good. She writes, there's so many reasons to love this episode. I love the chemistry between the cast. They're becoming more comfortable with each other, laughing at each other's jokes, settling into the characters, making me feel like I'm really getting to know these people better and wanting to be their best friend. Tanya says that her legendary moment is from very early on in the episode, and it's when Ted Marshall and Barney are in the bar, and Ted says, uh, Robin's still pissed at me after, you know... And Barney fills in for him that you lied. You said you're broken Victoria before you actually were. So you could try and nail Robin and you wound up losing both girls in one night. Um, Tanya writes that this line is fantastic because Ted doesn't really want to acknowledge his bad behavior. And Barney, of all people, <laughs> reminds Ted how shit he was. And also reminds the audience not to be fooled by how, how hot Ted looks in that suit. And remember how awful he was to Victoria and Robin. <laughs> Keep up the great work and stay awesome. Until that point, I'd forgotten how much Tanya loves some Ted. Yes, she does. <laughs> so really, it was a reminder to herself that <laughs> Ted is a dog. <laughs> Problematic exactly. faves, Tanya. Problematic faves. We've all got them. That's for damn sure. Okay, and our next legendary moment comes from Dan on Twitter. And he said, legendary moment for next week or this week is so easy the moment Ted realizes Mary is not a prostitute after the back and forth. Just brutal. Oof. I'd have been so mad at Barney. Amen. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That, while I think he deserved it, watching it is, even now, so many watches through is so cringy. It is. Like, it, it, if that were me, I would not have been able to get out of there fast enough. I know. And she slapped him. I wish we'd seen that, but. Yeah, me too. Pretty nice. Damn. Well, thanks, thanks for that one, Dan. But I, and I totally agree. That was a real, a real moment. Or Josh Radner does a really good job playing those intensely awkward, um, squirmy kinds of scenes. He does Ugh. them really, really well. I know. Yeah. Probably because that's part of his personality. <laughs> <laughs> J.K. It's possible. It's I think possible. that probably sucks for people to think. That it that is you, yeah. Like to be pigeonholed. Unless you're Marshall, who everyone just loves. And we have another voice memo from our girl Miranda. Thank you so much for sending those in. Those, um, I love them. It's so much fun to hear someone else's voice. Yeah, and it's like she's a part of the pod of the podcast. Heck yeah! All right, let's take a listen. Hi, ladies. It's Miranda. So Mary the paralegal. I like this one. I like. Barney and his twisted sense of, I'm going to teach you a lesson slash help you out, but I'm going to make you as uncomfortable as possible. I love the fact that Marshall and Ted have, you know, mind meld conversations. I love the fact that Lily can jump into those. I love the fact that Robin is oblivious to all of what's going on majority of the time. But Sandy Rivers won the episode for me. My legendary moment is when he's on TV reading the newspaper to them and they're like, Sandy Riverson, Sandy Riverson, and they put like cardboard cutouts and on his face and they're laughing hysterically. Like that made my day. He was a great actor on Angel. He was a very serious guy. To see him be 
this totally goofy spoof of a guy is hilarious to me. Any hoozles. You guys have a good rest of the day. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Any hoozles. She is so cute. Yeah, and it's so true about uh, Alec- Alexis Denisov. He is... He has some serious range. If you haven't seen Buffy or Angel, you can probably watch a clip online just to get a sense of what a different character he was playing there. He's this extremely buttoned up Englishman. Englishman, if you will. <laughs> um, so, What's a good scene to look for? Um, just look for right Wesley now. Buffy. And even then, I mean, he's, he's still funny. I mean, because he's sort of like a little bit blundery, but he is like... If there's a spectrum of confidence, Wesley is on one polar end, one pole, and Sandy is on the other. I'm watching it. Yeah, so Alexis Denisov is very talented. All right, I'm a fan. Yay. Not that I wasn't before, but. Yeah. Like, damn, that's pretty good. He's got range. Very, like, I immediately believed him and that character. Right? Buffy. Right? Yeah. And then it's like, okay, but who are you really? When you see both of those. Yeah. You're like, who are you when you're nobody? Because it seems like he really goes into the characters. I wonder yeah. I wonder if he's anything like either one, because they're so opposite. Well, thanks, everybody, for sending those in. Yeah. So good to hear from you about this episode. So what's your legendary moment from this? I'm, I don't know. Like, there's so many different things that I love. I love uh, the reveal with the envelope. Oh, that was good. I love lawyered yeah i mean that's that's a huge one for this whole show the whole whole series is definitely one of my favorites i love the telepathic conversation i love sandy's hair and like putting weird stuff in it yeah any of those things it was really hard for me to pick i couldn't usually um while i'm watching i have like at the bottom of my notes legendary moment and i jot them down and then pick one and i couldn't that's fine. You? There can be multiple. Oh, mine is absolutely when Allison Hannigan mocks oh, Sandy or mocks yes. her own husband. Yes. I think that's my winner. I just love that face she makes because you really never see her make whatever that face was because she's so tired. She just has no filter at all. So I loved that. So before we go, we have a teeny little announcement. And there will be a couple more announcements coming as this season winds down. But first announcement is we are going to be doing a bonus episode for the upcoming premiere of the TV show Rise. Yes. And why on earth are we doing that, Caitlin? Because it stars our boy Josh Radner. Yay! And it's a musical! So exciting. Love me a musical. I love them too. And... I liked Glee for a while. It got a little bit preachy. I'm hoping Rise... And weird. It got really weird. It did get I weird. just couldn't... And that show is like fucking cursed, by the way. Yeah. Right? Some darkness. Some dark, Some dark stuff on that show. Um, but yeah, that's not Rise. Rise is not dark. It looks very inspirational No, it and looks fun. very bright. Yeah. yeah. So, like a rising sun. Yeah. Or star. <laughs> so that is... Um, Rise is, is premiering on Tuesday, March 13th mm-hmm. on NBC, and we are going to watch it, and we will do a little bonus 
episode, or at least just giving our feedback on it. We probably won't do a full in-depth episode like we've done for episodes of How I Met Your Mother. We'll see yeah. how much we like it. Yeah, unless it's like really good. Yeah, and then we might just or like really bad. stop doing Hey Beautiful and start a rise. Just kidding. Yeah. Just kidding. Not yeah, a rise hate watch podcast might might be in the works. Hmm. <laughs> I could get into that. Yeah. So we're looking forward to seeing Josh Radner in a new in a new role and seeing how he does with that. Anyway, he's been singing a lot more with Radner and Lee, so I'm I'm ready to see how his how his chops are in that sense. Yeah, I mean I'm not like really hopeful and optimistic, but I am yeah. pretty interested in it. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, who sent us a legendary moment, said that's way too much music. That's way too much <laughs> singing in a promo for him. So he will not be watching. But that's okay. We that's will right. we'll still do We'll do it for you. Yeah. We'll watch it for you guys and we'll let you know how it is. So look for that at some point next week or the week after. Well, fans, all, you know, 10 of you, thanks for <laughs> listening. <laughs> we post new recaps every Thursday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. And don't forget to send us a legendary moment from an upcoming episode. Next week, we are going to recap Best Prom Ever. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Shit's gonna get crazy. Yes, it is. So email us at heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at heybeautifulpod. We hope you'll come back next episode. Because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate Gorton and Caitlin Turner. Our intro-outro music is by Owl All. Oy vey. Lots of bird walks tonight. <laughs>